necessarily have a, a uh, pet scripture or theme this morning uh, that you can go to. I'm going to give you about 100 scriptures in the teaching, and uh, you can choose any one of those to be your thought or to be your theme. It has been a um, great joy to uh, host uh, Skyler uh, in her home. And uh, Skyler, uh, she loves my singing. She just loves, she loves it when we sing. And uh, we have a song that we sing together. Uh, and I learned it in Sunday school. Most of the great things I learned, I learned as a child. But I learned in Sunday school. And the song says, when we all pull together, 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 when we all pull together, how happy we'll be. For your work is my work and our work is God's work. When we all pull together, how happy we'll be. And as we've been reflecting the past couple of weeks about what God is saying to us and what God has for us in 2018, we learned from the book of Judges that uh, God knew uh, that there would be a bump in the road. God knew you'd go through stuff. Corinthians says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. That means God is not sorry that he called you. He's not sorry he anointed you. He's not sorry he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And as God was forming you in your mother's womb, he knew there'd be mistakes. He knew there'd be failures. He knew that there'd be tough times, hard times. And he knew that we would drop the ball. He knew that. He still called us. That calling is still there. He's not sorry he called you. When it says the call is without repentance, it means he does not take back what he's ordained you and purposed you to do. We learned when God said to Gideon, thy mighty man of valor, God does not judge you for who you are. God declares what you can be. Aren't you glad this morning God does not judge us on our limitations and where we are right now, but God sees the picture. God knows what we can do. He knows what we're made of, and he declares that we are mighty men and women of valor, whether we feel like it or not, whether we feel like it or not. Last week, I didn't get to make the main point that I wanted to make in the teaching as God told Jeremiah to go to the potter's house. He wanted to show him something, and there was a piece of clay in the potter's hands that was marred, and the potter took that clay and made it a more beautiful uh, product, the Bible declares, the more, more precious product. And the thought that I wanted to make last week, we kind of danced all around it, but is this. You can't mess up your life so bad that God can't fix it. You can't mess up your life so bad that God cannot restore it. It does not matter divorce, discouragement, depression, drugs, alcohol, pride. No matter, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter what decisions you make, you can't go so far that God cannot take you and make you into the vessel that he has declared for you to be. And that should be exciting for some of us that are a little later in life, those of you that are 19, 20, 21, 22, I think there's about three of you, you know, you got, you got your whole life ahead of you, and, and midnight is a long ways away for many of you. But those of us that are around 60, 61, 62, we're a little closer to that window, hello, and we're running out of time. And uh, if we're going to do what God has called us to do, we better go ahead and do it, make up our mind, and get it done, that uh, God uses our mistakes and as the, as the clay was in the hands of the potter, there are times when you're serving God and you're, and you're trying to do right and you're trying to make good decisions. And it just seems like bad things happen. It, you get wounded. You get 
somebody frustrates you or somebody drops the ball. And in all of that, God still can pull it all together. And one day we will hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. But when I think about that, when I think about that, uh, Skyler and I, we sing other songs, but that's our favorite song about pulling together. I think about, I think about the thought or the term of one another. That particular term, one another, is found 59 times in the Bible, and 23 of those times it, derails, it, 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 it addresses you and I. When God heals you and God restores you, he would like for you to grow up. Just a thought. The word says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. So when we first give our heart to God, there's a transition there where we fall in love with God, we fall in love with the word, and we fall in love with the things that, that God is doing in our life. But you've got to come to a place in your life. Paul said, many of you should be teachers, but I'm still teaching you. So we come to a place where we grow up and we find the place that we're supposed to be in the body of Christ. And when you look at the New Testament church, a lot of people, uh, especially lately, there's been a lot of negatives on tithing. Well, tithing is Old Testament. Tithing is this and tithing is that. And so I went there with them. I said, okay, let's don't look at the Old Testament. Let's just kind of remove that teaching and that doctrine. And let's look at the New Testament. The New Testament church in Acts 4, it says, they sold all they had and gave away to the widows and the orphans so that nobody would be in want. Now, let me ask you a question. Those of you that financially are preparing your budget, would you rather graciously in love give God 10% or would you let God sell everything you own and give it away? Where's our 10 percenters? Where's our uh, the tithers return. I realize I'm being facetious and we realize that all we have belongs to God. We understand that. That's covenant. All God has belongs to us. But God wants us to grow up and actually accomplish something in the body. And when you look at the things of God, it always had to do with somebody else. Helping somebody else get to their destination. Helping somebody else. Blessing somebody else. So just for the fun of it, Pastor Todd, I went through some of these one another's that the Bible declares that we're supposed to have for each other. I thought I'd share with you. Christine loves to pull these apart for me. She'll do it a hundred times. It gets so, it, it's, I'm sorry. And, and Christine probably would if I would let her play with my toys. I will not let her. One another. One another. We are to be at peace with one another. We are to be at peace with one another. We are not to grumble among one another. We're not to grumble. We are to be of the same mind with one another. We are to accept one another. We are not supposed to bite, devour, or consume one another. We are to wait for one another. We are not supposed to challenge or envy one another, and we're supposed to gently, patiently tolerate one another. I guess I'll say that's pretty rough. That's, that's pretty tough to do. Eleven times, six was Jesus and five was the Apostle Paul, we are told to love one another. John said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he that knoweth God loveth God. There's a song that says we are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord, and they'll know that we are Christians by our what? By our love. 
In the church, we are to practice what we take to the street to perfect. That lose anybody there. God brings us into each other's lives so that we can practice on one another, love on one another, encourage one another. And when the world sees the relationship that we have with each other, it makes them jealous and wants to be a part of that family, a part of that relationship. It, the word says, through love, serve one another, tolerate one another. That's a tough one. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Be devoted to one another in love. Here we're told, those of you that wear sandals, we are to wash one another's feet. We are to give preference to one another in honor. We are not to be haughty of one another. We are to serve one another. We are to be subject to one another. We are to regard one another, and more important than yourselves. That's a tough one to follow there. And that we are to clothe yourselves in humility towards one another. And am I hoping anybody in the house this morning yet how I'm supposed to treat my brother and sister in the Lord? I am not to judge. Do not judge one another. Don't put a stumbling block in our brother's way. Well, what does that mean? Uh, I personally am a teetotaler. Uh, I have not had a drink in 37 years, and uh, I have been sober, and I have been clean. Uh, there are people in my life that don't have a challenge with a beer with their pizza they don't have a challenge with a glass of wine with their meal. Uh, I personally, uh, I, don't, I don't drink. I don't drink anything with uh, my, my meal except tea, half sweet, half unsweetened, light in the ice in case you were wanting to just know what, what I drink. But, that's what I, but I have, there are people in my life, there are ministers in my life that will have a social drink here and there. But the word says don't do something that will be a stumbling block to somebody else. And if there are things that you know it offends your brother or offends your sister, I talked with my sister yesterday and told her because of how she felt, there are things I don't, I don't post on Facebook because it would offend or it would hurt. And so when you know that you're doing something that would offend somebody, you're out of order. And the word says don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't offend one another. Don't do a stumbling block. Greet one another with a kiss, there it is again. We are a bunch of kissing fools that we're supposed to greet our brothers and sisters with a kiss. Husband and wives don't deprive one another of physical intimacy. We're to bear one of those burdens. We're to speak truth to one another. And we always add that word in love. When we speak the truth in love, it's just our way of blasting somebody that we want to blast. Do I have a, how many has ever had someone come up and say, well, you know, in love, I just want to, I just want to share something with you. And when they get done, you realize there was no love at all in that. You were just trying to be mean to get even to put me. Can anybody get a friend like that in your life? You need to change your friends. Here's one. It says, don't lie to one another. Comfort one another concerning the resurrection. Encourage and build up one another. Stimulate one another in love and good deeds. Pray for one another. Be hospitable to one another. Teach and admonish one another in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. John 15 and 15 says, Greater love hath no man than for a person to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said, Love one another as I have loved you and given myself for you. It says, Husbands, love your wives the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Those are some boundaries that are tough, and we use the word love a lot. The definition of love is... Are you ready? The desire and delight in another's highest good 
regardless of personal cost or sacrifice. Let me say it again. The desire for and delight in another's highest good, regardless of personal cost or sacrifice. So when you say you love me or you love you or you love somebody, that's what you're saying. You're saying you don't matter, but the person you love is the one that matters, and you're going to make things happen in their life to let them realize that they are loved. Psalm 133 and 1, how beautiful it is when brethren dwell together in unity. There's just something about us walking where God has called us to walk. The Word says in Matthew 18 that if two or three agree in my name that whatever they bind in heaven is bound on earth, what they loose in heaven is loose on earth. We know that the power of binding is the power of prayer. The power of loosening is the power of worship. How many did not know that? When, we, when you and I in prayer agree, God promises that he will either bring it to pass or give us a solution. When you lose something in worship, you're, t- you're, you're getting into the heavenlies and you get where God can move and God is motivated towards us. Watch this. In the, pray and, in the prayer and praise, that is horizontal. The worship is vertical. And when you and I begin to agree in worship, and our praise and worship begins to leave the, 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 the horizon we're in and begins to go where God's at, it creates, watch, a cross. And in the shadow of the cross is where God opens windows and pours out blessings. We learn that when we begin to speak praise and worship, we begin to build clouds. And as we begin to build clouds in the spirit, God, allowed those, God allows those clouds to lower and rain begins to fall. And we sing that song, there shall be showers of blessings, showers of blessings we need. I forgot the rest of it, but it's mercy, God's, help me, Pastor Rhonda. Linda, help me. Mercy, anyway, it's a great song. Go Google it yourself if you don't have a red hymnal. But, 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 but things begin to happen when we're in one mind and one accord and begin to speak the same thing. There's a story in the Bible. It's a pretty incredible story where the people there decided that they were going to build a tower that would reach God. They called it the Tower of Babel. The word Babel is where we get the word confusion, babbling. And the reason they called it the Tower of Babel, God looked down to see what they were doing and said, what they're doing is not good. This is not, this is not good for them to accomplish this. So God came down and said, the people are one. Let me correct that. It's actually a grammatical error in the Bible where it said the people is one. The people were so united, there's one, and God said there's nothing they can't accomplish, and that's the power of unity. That's the power of agreement. That's the power of working together. So God confused their language, so the next day they went to work, everybody spoke a different language. The Chinese were all, and the Hispanics were all, and the I'm speaking in tongues now in Spanish. There you have it. So the groups begin to go and find which language they understood, and those groups gather together, and then they begin to disperse, and they begin to touch the world. And that's what the Word of God declares, that we are to find people that are like-minded and speak things that we speak. When Isaiah saw the Lord, he realized, first of all, his verbiage was out of order, and the people that he were hanging around, their verbiage was out of order. You need to find people that are in agreement with you, that are speaking what you're speaking, and they're blessing what you're blessing, and you're part of that, you're part of that crowd. Do I have a friend in the house? Yes. 
It's so easy to be around negative, critical people, but the Word, word of God says what you hang around is what you're going to become. And if you hang around negative, critical people, then you're probably going to become negative and critical. But if you hang around the sons of Barnabas, the word Barnabas in the Greek means encouragement. In the New Testament, in the New Testament there were these two brothers, and they, were in, they would encourage the body. They would brag on the body. They would, bless, they would bless the body. I love it when I have people that encourage me, that brag on me, that compliment me, they begin to see the good I'm trying to do in the kingdom, and they honor that. Don't you love that when someone just, I mean, I mean somebody that just kind of off the wall, and, and again, I'm not fishing for a compliment, but when people come to me after church and say, listen, your word today changed my life. Your word today has given me hope. Your word today has encouraged me. They're just, so, I, mean, I mean, it's tough to pat yourself on the back, but it's nice when someone else pats you on the back and just lift, go ahead, give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation for that. When, when uh, G Jesus resurrected from the grave and spent some time with the disciples, you remember the story of Jesus and Peter. And as they were fishing, Jesus was already on the shore and he has some fish already grilling there, probably in garlic butter and, and a little salt, a little lemon pepper, and a little whatever that, what's that salt, that crazy Jane salt we use every little crazy, hit a little crazy Jane in there. And uh, as they came to where Jesus was at, Jesus asked Peter three times the same question. And it was, Peter, do you love me more than these? Now, was Jesus referring to the fish in the skillet? because that was his livelihood, that's how he made a living. Do you love me more than you love your occupation? Do you love me more than you love your talents and your skills? Or was he saying, do you love me more than these disciples love me? We're not sure. But three times he asked the same question, Peter, do you love me? And Jesus said, Lord, you know I love you. Steve, there are three words in the Greek for love. There is the agape love, which is the godly love. There's the philos love, which is the brotherly love. And then there's the eros love, the love between a husband and a wife in holy matrimony. And so Peter was asked three times every area of his life with his God, with his, with his relationship, with family, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. And then when the third time, Jesus said, okay, Peter, feed my sheep. And that's our purpose, and that's our plan, and that's what God has called us to do. That's why it's so powerful. I was talking to Gene uh, yesterday, and Gene, in, in the area of biblical uh, scripture, certainly qualifies to be honored with a, a, an archer full of arrows. He has a quiver full of arrows. He has eight arrows. He has, Gene has birthed eight children, and there are two, I believe, already in heaven, Gene, miss, so ten Ten kids. He has done well. Hello. I wish all of our young married couples would have ten kids. Our church would be the fastest growing church in the state of Tennessee. But there's something about having these children that God brings in our life that we teach them, that we admonish them, that we correct them, that we discipline them, that we help them become what God has called them to be. In Hebrews 2 and 12, Jesus says something pretty cool. He said, in the midst of the church will I declare thy name among the brethren, I will sing praise unto thee. So this morning, while the team 
was leading us in worship, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in his name, all of a sudden, Jesus comes where we are, in the middle of where we are, and begins to sing with us. Does that help anybody in the house? But what I love about the songs that he sings, he sings a song that you need to hear. If you're here this morning and you're struggling in your finances, then Jesus begin to declare over your life that he is Jehovah Jireh, and he's going to provide all your need. If you're here this morning and there's a sickness in your body, he begins to sing Jehovah Rophah, which means the Lord our healer. And what you need, he begins to sing over you. If you're in trouble or you're under attack, he begins to sing Jehovah Nissi. That is the Lord our banner. That means he's with us everywhere we go. So what happens when Jesus begins to sing with us, things begin to happen. And when things begin to happen, there is change in our life. And that's why it's so important to be with the right crowd at the right time, doing the right thing for the right purpose. Did that help anybody this morning? How many, how many it did not help? I need to go another five minutes. Did, did we cover all the bases this morning? Is everybody fell just for a minute? Father, we thank you for the team that were here a few minutes before 9 o'clock getting ready for this service. We thank you for all those this week that have participated in making sure today was healthy and successful. We thank you for songs of worship that we know that has reached your presence and has got your attention. We thank you for the clouds that have been built this morning, clouds of worship and praise, so that Monday through Saturday we may reap in the blessings that you allow to rain upon us. We thank you that you've forgiven us from our bumps in the road and you've restored us and you put a new song in our mouth and a new spirit in our heart. We thank you today for the power of the word as we learn to practice on one another and love one another, encourage one another, and build up one another. All the, the 23 things that we are to be to one another, that as we begin to pursue those things and accomplish those things, we see your, your favor not just your favor on the ones that we're praying for and praying with, but your favor upon us, questions that are answered, doors that are open, lives that are changed. We trust you. We put all of our hope, all of our faith, all of our love in you. And as you've encouraged us to love one another, Lord, there were people in your life that were tough to love, yet you did. With, without pomp or without, without purpose, you just loved them because that's what you do. So we pray this morning that we could be more like you, that we could see the good in people, maybe prophetically, maybe the good they're not walking in yet, but the good that they can be, that we would drink milk, but it's time that we would put things in our mouth that would help us develop and grow and mature, that we, like Gene, would be a teacher, that we would have little ones in our life, that every day we impact their life with our words and with our actions and with our lifestyle. Would you let us realize that this city, for the most part, is dying and going to hell, and the only intercession that they're going to receive is probably us, whether on the job, whether in the market, whether on the field, wherever we might be, whatever we might be doing, let us always realize that somebody not only is watching our life, but they're listening to our words. Let us realize how important it is to love those that you have brought into our life, that, that we have the ability to touch them and encourage them with our love. And let us this morning realize that more than anything else, we are loved by you. And because you loved us, because you took a chance in us, 
we can love others and take a chance in them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And they all said, amen. I hope the word this morning has blessed you. If you would like a list of all of the one another's, ask Suri for it. She has it. Just ask Suri, Suri, what are the one another's in the Bible? And she'll give you all 59, and then you can sort out. I'm going to give you a chance to sow in the kingdom in the area of an offering. I am going to uh, prove God in the next 30 days, and I'm going to ask God to honor you. I'm going to ask God to honor your seed. I'm going to ask God to honor your sacrifice. I'm going to ask God for raises, for unexpected blessings, for money in the mail, coupons for things we really do need, doors to be opened that have been closed. And I'm going, to, I'm going to ask God to bless this house, to bless this season. And I'm going to want you, uh, whatever day of the week it happens or when we feel comfortable, I want you to text me or I want you to call me. And I want you to tell me something that God has done for you financially. I'm just kind of, I, the, Lord has encouraged, the Lord has encouraged me to prove him. He said, prove me if I won't open the windows, plural, of heaven and pour you out a blessing. I just believe that we can see God's hand upon our life in the seeds that we sow, whether words of encouragement, whether it's money, whether it's a gift, whether it's a loan, that the next 30 days I'm asking God to show this house that he's faithful. As Jesus watched the offering of the little widow, the two mites that she put in the offering, so does he watch our hearts and our spirits when it comes to giving. If you'd like to sow a seed this morning, if you lift your hand, our handsome ushers, Pastor Todd and Brother David, will serve you with an envelope. Again, we're learning it's not the amount that's significant. It's the attitude. It's the attitude. And, and I've, I've learned a long time ago when I was just a child that if 50 cents was important to me, Misty, it was important to God. Of course, if you make a lot of money, then 50 cents may not be that significant. But if it's important to you, it's important to God. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Aim small, miss small. Don't let an opportunity go by that you don't somehow touch it with something. It, the, the, the least amount is important to God. Does that help anybody? So I'm, I promise you, if you'll stay with me in this next 30 days and you'll begin to, to submit to when opportunities give or tithe and offering, I believe you're going to be the ones that text me and say, you are not going to, I love it when I get those texts, you are not going to believe this, but let me tell you what happened. And that's how God moves, and that's how, that's how God works. And I am pleased to tell you, this week in the snow and the ice, as far as I know, none of us slid into another car. None of us had to be pulled out of a ditch. None of us, our vehicles had to be jumped. I mean, God watched over us in this. Cleveland does not know how to drive in the ice. It's funny to watch them. It's like, it's like you know, you, you might be a redneck if, but, uh, but I didn't see, I've not heard any... Listen, if you got ran into something, please don't tell me. It'll mess up what I'm saying right now. But thank God. But when, just take a moment and realize how, how dangerous it is driving in the eyes and how bad things could have been. And uh, Gene and I hit a little spot, headed out to uh, Steve's house, and uh, the truck went a little squirrely, and it could have got real bad, but it didn't. The Lord helped us. And thank God for his provision. Thank God for his protection. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May cause his face to shine upon you. May allow you to be a light in a dark place. May he bless everything that you touch. May your dreams be in color. And may the words of your mouth, the meditation of your heart be acceptable 
in his sight. We love you with the love of the Lord. Hug a neck, shake a, shake a hand. It's a joy this morning to have Cameron with us. God bless you, Cameron. Good to see you. Angela, always a joy. One of our teenagers that grew up in this house. Three beautiful children. What a joy to have you. All of our guests, we love you. And just take opportunity to visit just a little bit. God bless. Holy defiance, we're declaring.